You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 100. And 20. You can listen to us wherever you get your NFC East blog podcast networks across the SB Nation universe. You can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Wherever you listen or watch, you will hear or see the audio and or visual stylings of myself. I am RJ Ochoa from Blog and the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. And we, Brandon, are recording in our normal time slot. It's Tuesday, July 18th for us. So happy Tuesday, July 18th to you. That was your vacation, RJ. I saw you having a lot of fun in San Diego. It was really cool. Um, kind of the first like big vacation with the kid. Um, turns out going to a lot of theme parks, sort of an exhausting thing. Uh, so um, very, very tired. I'm I'm gonna do the like cliche. I need a vacation from my vacation thing. Um, but uh, but San Diego, very cool. The weather, uh, incredible. Um, obviously, the heat is taking over like everywhere um but uh, it was nice to get a bit of a reprieve from that eat some good food uh disneyland um i'm gonna recommend if anybody is ever gonna like have a baby um go to disneyland like both um so that you and your spouse can um sort of enjoy life you know what i mean not that you don't enjoy it, but like you know get one last sort of like babyless trip there but also so you can see all of the accessories you know, I, I i don't think i've ever seen as many strollers in one place as i saw at disneyland it was I, I might have seen 2,000 strollers, and I think wow. I saw ours once, which is amazing to me. Uh, sounds like you had a good time. Did you like the zoo? The zoo gets a lot of hype. I can understand why it gets hype. Um, I'm not a zoo person. Have I ever Same. given you this take? Um, I'm a little bit afraid of the zoo, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> okay, this is not where I expected it to go. Yeah, like, um, like in a very light way. I, I have two really weird fears that were um, that were like kind of pricked at over my vacation, which is obviously not something you want to do on vacation. But my fear with the zoo is like these animals have all day to just think and plan, right? Like how to get out. You know, like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, why would I want to put myself there? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I think a, a, I wouldn't watch it, but a good scary movie to me would be like that happening. I, I mean, it just, I would not want to be there when that happened. And here's the thing. Like, if I was in a room, even with like a smaller animal, that's a difficult proposition. Like, I can't communicate with an animal. You know what I mean? I can't be like, hey, let's talk about this if you're pissed off. You know what I mean? So um, I really, um, you know, I went for my son and my family and we all enjoyed it. It is massive. And the volunteers there were incredible. Uh, but yeah, uh, not a zoo person in general. My other fear, um, since I'm, I guess, embarrassing myself. So we rode a few water-themed rides at Disneyland. Um, with my son, we rode It's a Small World, which is just like you're in a little boat, whatever. And then uh, my parents watched him, and my wife and I rode Pirates of the Caribbean. I am 
weirdly afraid of these kind of rides. Like if, if it's a ride that's in water or something, like you're in a boat, like the, the thought of that water petrifies me. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. And like at the beginning of the Pirates ride, touching the water, I, I guess so. Like touching the, at one point, my wife like splashed the water on, on my son on It's a Small World. And I kind of freaked out a little bit. Like I was kind of like, whoa, like I don't like being in enclosed spaces like that. I don't know if it's claustrophobia. Uh, and then the water adds something. But it, and so when we got on Pirates, I don't know if you've ever ridden this at either uh, location in, in the States. But um, but so like they you know how you get on any kind of roller coaster and the bar like locks on your lap. No bar on pirates. And so I was kind of like, what's going on here? Like, why don't we have a bar? And we were in the the last row, my wife and I. So it's kind of like the physics of this are going to lend to us being the first ones to fly out. And sure enough, the, the ride starts and it's like pitch black. Like literally you're in darkness in this boat and it drops what had to have been 100 feet. Like I, I was petrified. I didn't scream, but I definitely bruised my wife's hand from like uh, a terror squeeze. Um, so other than that, it was really good though. You brought up a point there that I haven't thought about in a long time. Remember, I feel like as as a kid, as being young, both in like reality and pictured in TV and movies and everything, it's like, oh, you have to sit in the front of the roller coaster. Like that's the most intense experience. Like the front seat, no. It's like you just said, it's actually the back seat is the craziest because you like you feel it so much more when you're back there. Um, used to go on Medusa at which is no longer Medusa, it's like Bizarro now, I think, at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey with my dad. We used to have um like the um what's I call it, the season pass or whatever. We did that like a couple yeah, summers. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, and we'd go and sit in the back and man, <laughs> like it was, it was crazy how you just feel it all the way back there. Um, that's my kind of roller coaster, by the way. One that like straps you in with the shoulders. I don't like the one. Oh, the like, the, yeah, the bar, the hip, especially being taller. I don't know. There's something about it. I just feel like I'm gonna like fly out. So um, <clears throat> there's that. And um, I had a to your point about the needing a vacation from the vacation. I guess that's like hacky or whatever played out to say that, like you said. But I mean, it's true, man. Like I think. I think we're doing like collectively we're doing vacation wrong. It's my goal next summer to have a vacation where I literally go somewhere and do nothing like nothing. Like just maybe like a beach resort kind of thing and literally just go from the hotel out to the beach and back in no other things, just nothing else. Like that's, that's kind of what I want. I kind of did a little bit of that this weekend, um, but not quite went to Betterton, Maryland, RJ on the Chesapeake Bay and had a good time hanging out in the water at a little uh, bay house with some friends. So uh, fun was had. It was a good time, but I was really tired on Monday uh, after getting home late on Sunday night. So feel yeah, better today. I mean, a lot of people, my family included, you, you know, you feel like we're at this place we're not normally at. So we got to squeeze in. We got to do everything. Um, so I feel you. We actually kind of chilled on Friday. And it was really nice just to kind of hang out and, and just sort of live. Um, you know, we uh, we traveled back on Saturday, too. So we're kind of like planning and prepping for that um it's really nice of you by the way to sit in the back as a tall person all six foot five of you um you know doesn't want to be obstructing the person behind you if you sit in the front row as an example um but i agree that's you know and i'm also like i'm I'm not a hands in the air roller coaster person like I, that's not me like again i'm i don't know if i'm afraid of roller coasters or what this is with my like theme park paranoia but um i've said before if I was like stranded by myself at, at any theme park, but something like Disneyland with a lot of caricatures at night with everything off that I would, I think I would have a panic attack. Um, and with it, there's something about water. Um, you know, like those shows that they have, like, like the water world show or whatever, like that's on the like stage and water, you know what I'm talking about? 
I would never no. swim in that water. Like, like I, I could not handle that. Like I would never, I, I would legitimately hyperventilate. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I got to work on this. You know what I mean? But it's nice to be back. Um, nice to be back in the normal routine. Nice to see you. Um, and, wow. um, you know, we, we took a little bit of heat for our left guard discussion um, on last mm. week's episode. You know, there were some people who said that we were acting childish. So maybe that's kind of why we're talking about roller coasters right now. Do you we think we've ever been childish? Was, it, was, it, was I also accused of this nope. or was this a nope. you thing? There was a comment on the YouTube side of things at APTB that said, y'all are acting childish. So, mm. um, you know, we were lumped in there together at least. You know, the NFC is mixtape strong. Uh, I have a little stat for you to kick off the podcast. Okay. You ready for it? Okay. So <laughs> combined record of NFL quarterbacks. Um, if you go by lowest opponent win percentage in playoff wins among 109 quarterbacks in their career out of 109 quarterbacks to win multiple games who do you think has the worst opponent win percentage so the record of the teams that they have beaten the 18 and 5 combined record of those opponents adds up to the lowest opponent win percentage in playoff wins among 109 quarterbacks to win multiple postseason games in their career uh, to win multiple so postseason who games. has like the I, weakest, I was say, who is the weakest like strength of victory well it's it's Dak because they beat the below yeah. 500 bucks yeah. 18 and they and beat 15. The, it's it's the worst out of 109 quarterbacks ever you're saying, to win so multiple games in the playoffs this is the worst i'm not win percentage. i'm just i'm trying to understand the stats so you're <laughs> saying the combined record of the two teams he's beaten in the playoffs or yeah. the, the 2000 the opponent and, win percentage so it was the 2018 Seahawks with Brian Schottenheimer, as we've talked about a million times, like and then the 2022 Bucks, five, I think, and then yeah, yeah the Bucks and then were the seven uh, and nine ten. or seven and ten, yeah. Okay. Boom. Cool. He beat Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, though. So you like you can you know spin yeah, zone it I that mean, way. Not have really, you no. um? Last thing before we start to get into the actual episode, have you started the quarterback show on Netflix? No, I have not. It's really good. Um, I'm I've I've only watched an episode because I was out, uh, but I love stuff like this, and so it's really cool. Uh, maybe you know you do want to watch it. Marcus Mariota, new Philadelphia Eagles, best quarterback on the Eagles roster. I haven't done that yet. Hmm. Uh, are we ready to do this? Are we ready to do the NFC East all defensive team? You ready? I think. Speaking of um, Kirk Cousins, because he's on there, I've seen some people be like, "Oh, he's such a likable guy." I think. I- also related to the discourse on Monday Football Monday, which you weren't part of this time, um, it was just Jeremy Reisman and uh, Michael Peterson filling in. I think the Vikings have almost gotten so overrated now that they're underrated. Oh my god! <laughs> in terms of like the discourse entering the season, like this idea that they're gonna like win, you know, like five games or something. I mean, like Kirk's like I don't like Kirk, but he beats up the bad teams. I don't think they're gonna win. Like they're not gonna have like the number one pick or something. Like that's crazy. My my take has always been like generally and i've you know in the defense of of kirk and, and subsequently the vikings you know I've, I've kind of like locked in on it but my defense has always been he is so much better than like the consensus has you believe like the consensus no. to your point is like oh the vikings are going to win like five games like no they're they're still like a good team um, i think they're going to win and, the division to be clear i think they're going to win like I mean, seven games or so seven eight but like i think people but, are acting like they're going to win like four now i still think that he's the third best quarterback in the conference right like we talk about like oh Dak is two Jalen's one like Kirk is number three to me like if you want to put Matthew Stafford ahead of him that's fine but like I I mean he's, he's fourth he's the absolute 
he's fourth at the absolute worst. And I, I think that they like my point, too, is that he gets no credit for anything. Um, they showed I've only seen the first episode. They beat that super awesome. What are you giving him credit for? Well, they you like you just done? brought up. Well, hear me out. Like they, you brought up Dak's opponent win percentage, whatever in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Kirk beat that super talented 2019 Saints mm, team. Yes. And 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 it gets Saints but he gets like I'm we have so, so much I'm, playoff success. I'm not saying like build him a statue, but like that little era, that run, the Alvin Kamara draft class, the 17 Saints, like they had they were really good for a long time. And Kirk went down to New Orleans, which is a notoriously tough place to play, and he had a clutch touchdown to Kyle Rudolph at the end to win that thing. He gets no credit for that. Also, this is one game. Not, I know. I, I I'm but I'm just saying, like, he what gets no credit for week? that. Okay, well, hear me out. They what played a the super. Week? They played an amazing 49ers team that went to the Super Bowl. How many Bowl passes and got did blasted. Jimmy uh, Grappolo? Okay, to again, to like, see, this is what you're doing. You're like, oh, he stinks. I'm just saying, like, he gets no credit for that. They, they like also passes. last year we have done this with other teams. We've been like, oh, this team like hung with the Lions. They're pretty. They beat the Lions last year, and they authored. And granted, they fell down. They authored literally the greatest comeback in NFL history last year. Okay. Again. To do that, you'd have to down fall to down. The Colts was like pathetic, though. I'm just saying, like, but nobody gives him credit for anything. So that's really all my, my I have to say about Kirk Cousins. But uh, it is they an enjoyable never show. Been down to the Colts like that. That's pathetic. It is kind of amazing. I mean, it's only been one episode. It's really just the Mahomes cousin show because Mariota kind of you know wasn't that great with Atlanta last year. He's a super interesting person, and it's you know fun to watch him. But like as far as the football, it's really just the Mahomes cousin stuff. So um, I highly recommend it. The most bestest team possibly create that's actually you're laughing at that uh turn of phrase there but i think that's how isn't that what like um little caesars calls their pizza i don't know like we can ask extra, the aforementioned matthew stafford he's uh it's called extra most bestest that is literally like the the branding of their um one of their pizzas that they i don't endorse them. Anyway, anyway um it is time for the all nfc east defensive team we did the offensive edition last week and next week we'll kind of do special teams and coaching staff um what with training camps kicking off and then it's just kind of like the grind for um six or seven months uh but anyway so uh you and i talked about this brandon what positions we were going to field on this defense um you embarrassingly left out a linebacker <laughs> which was kind of sad uh so we're gonna do wow. two def- Two defensive ends, two defensive tackles, two linebackers, because nickel is the new base, three corners, obviously, and two safeties. All understood? Yeah, and just for for clarity and context here, I don't remember if I said this in the offense episode. Like, if I think it always makes the most sense to shape these teams around the best players in the division. So, like, for offense, let's say, if the wide receivers were all just really kind of, like, bad or mediocre, then we'd only do two. And let's say, in theory, like, if Travis Kelsey and George Kittle were in the NFC, right, 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 right. would obviously run 12 personnel as our – our right. all-star team but um yeah so there's a little discussion i feel like needed here just to clarify um well, how we're, we're gonna attack this one we're good roster managers you know what i mean like we adjust to the talent we don't force players right. and talent to fit our scheme so um we, we are the uh the kyle shanahan so to speak um of uh of all this but anyway um Yikes. so okay um i i think we have some weird kind of like you know we can, we can put players where we want to because like I, we don't need to go by like where our lads has these players like listed or whatever. But so um, we'll start. I think I wanted to go defensive end. Like I wanted to go kind of maybe not left to right, but just like along the line. So like end tackle tackle end. If that was okay with you, no. Um, 
you just want to do both defensive ends at the same time? Yeah, I think it's that's, important. Okay, that's fine. And I, I don't even have them as defensive end. I wrote down as they're edge rushers. I yeah, mean, just pass rushers. Yeah, whatever you want to call them. But the two are Micah Parsons and Hassan Redick. Like, yeah, that's the answer. Like, there's so. there's no way that you can make an argument for anybody else. Um, it's been an interesting kind of turn in the NFCs. Like, Chase Young's, like, not even in this conversation. Because I would, like, my first guy out is sort of Demarcus Lawrence. But if you're prioritizing getting to the quarterback, whatever, we don't have to have this discussion. Um, you know, BLG loves some BLG, um, obviously. Um, you could talk about, you know, Josh Sweat. You know what I mean? You could talk about, yep. you know, a lot of different players. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Chase Young is nowhere near the conversation. Obviously, you know, didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. But it's this is super – this might be the easiest one, Micah Parsons and Hassan Reddick. I mean, two more players have uh, more sacks than Hassan Reddick since the beginning of 2020. That is Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. Reddick has 39 and a half. I think he had, like, what, 19 and a half last year, including playoffs. I mean, like, he was, he was pretty awesome. He's a, he's, he's a bargain on his contract, and he wasn't there at OTAs, and I don't have any evidence to say he's holding out, but, like, that's something to monitor, I feel like, because he signed. Like, it's crazy that he was available to be signed last year. He only signed for three years, 45 million, 30 guaranteed. That's, like, that's bonkers of a value relative to, like, pass. Like, pass pressure money is basically almost like quarterback money, and this is, like, uh, very much at a good rate. So, yeah, Redick certainly deserves to be on here. And it's interesting think- that... Both of George. our edge rushers are these linebacker types, as opposed right. to like being that more traditional four-three defensive end kind of player, like um, your Demarcus yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, like your the physical build of him is what I'm saying. But I mean, if if these guys were on the same team, that would be <laughs> that would be pretty crazy. Um, well, you know, you're secretly obsessed with Micah Parsons being on your favorite team, so you know you want that we to don't happen. Need him, but but if he wants uh, to play for his hometown team that he loves, he can. Um, but. On the Hassan Reddick note, just quickly, um, I would well, I would love to see him hold out just because I would love to see the drama of it. But I also like, in all likelihood, like we talked, like this is so true for so many Eagles, which is you know what we've talked about a lot. But like, like will he have another season like last year? You know, like if you're if you're playing the like you know odds game, like like this, will his earning potential ever be, or will his leverage ever be as high as it is right now? You know, like if if our job were were to advise him, yeah, I would be like, dude, you have. I, I said this at the time after the Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper in 2018, he should have absolutely held out. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he should have absolutely, because like he, he saved that team and there was no way he was ever going to completely match that. And he didn't, he was still really good, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's no way he will ever hold as much leverage as he does at this moment in time. What's the, let's set the over under for Hassan Reddick sacks this year. at hmm, Seven and a half. He is 39 and a half in the past three years. So let's say set that at um, 13.2. So I want, I'm doing that as opposed to the half. So the half, uh, you know, is in play there. So do you think Mm. he has more or fewer than 13.2? So he obviously had a million last year. He had 16. He had a, he's only hit over that once in his career and it was this past year. So I'll take the Mm -hmm. under. I mean, okay. he's like he had, in twenty twenty at twelve and a half, which is still really good. But I mean, I'm that's really hard to do. Here too, by the way. Um, I'll still take the under. It's just okay. really hard. I mean, it's it's really hard to have that, and some of it isn't even like his fault. It's just opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like and other things, and like getting game planned for. So, um, yeah, I'll but take. You would um, take the over on like ten point two, right? Yeah, I mean, because he's gone over that, you know, yep. each of the last three years, just in mm-hmm. the regular season. Um, Micah Parsons, our other edge rusher that we're taking, he's had at least 13 in his two seasons, 13 and a half last year. So a bit of an improvement. So let's just use that same figure, 13.2. You're right. Exactly. 
I'm going to take the under as well because, oh, wow. and some, but some of that is because of the way the Cowboys are going to be with him. You know what I mean? Like they're, I think a little stingier with, you know, opportunity for him in the regular season because they know how important he is. We've seen them really do that. Just kind of prioritize the rest of players. So that, that's what I mean by opportunity. And like he's completely capable of it. I just don't think he'll have the chance because the Cowboys will put him on ice at every opportunity that they can. He did kind of fade like quietly later in the year last year. No, am I wrong to say that? Didn't that like kind of happen there? I wouldn't yeah. say fade, but he really had, he was like really in the thick of discussion for defensive player of the year. Um, so like if you kind of just go off of sack numbers, so he had two against the Giants on Thanksgiving. And I would say that was mm-hmm. like the peak of of his, like it's going to be Parsons or Bosa. And that was when I lost that bet to Fooch and I had to um, had to tweet that thing and that was really dumb. Um, but uh, but then, so that, that was Thanksgiving, the two against the Giants. From like that moment on, he had one and a half sacks throughout the rest of the regular season. And uh, the half sack was the regular season finale against Washington. So like yeah. he, he just, he, he was still amazing and still had the same impact, but he lacked the like pizzazz, mm-hmm. you know, defensive player of the year type moments. Like that, that part of his resume fizzled a little bit. Yeah, if you expand it to the playoffs, it was only two and a half. He had one in the, in the Bucks game, but then zero in the 49ers game. So like not, you know, I'm not saying he's like, that all of a sudden, but he did kind of go a little bit quiet uh, later and that, in the year, and that's that's that feeds my like their idea. And right. he played, obviously played a lot of played a lot more. I think it was like eighty one percent of his playing time was spent at edge rusher last year. So mm-hmm. I mean, they they know his value, and you know they're they're not going to waste him in like a week four or fourth quarter. You know what I mean? If if they have the game in hand or whatever. Plus they have a bevy of pass rushers. You know what I mean? So they don't have to like get every last drop out of him in the earlier parts of the regular season. So I'll take the under on both. All right. We'll go over to defensive tackle now where I think this is also kind of, I think there's only two right answers here. I have Dexter Lawrence. He's obviously coming off like an incredible season. Um, He was awesome for the giants last year. Really kind of impressive how he evolved as a player, because I remember when he was like considered a draft or when he was, when he was a draft prospect, he was being more considered as like run stuffer guy, uh, and all of a sudden last year, he became much more than that with seven and a half sacks. And I don't even think the, the stats totally do or the sacks justice for him where he was also at 28 hits. Like that's a really high number, especially considering he'd only been at like 11 and 10 the previous couple seasons. Um, his tackles also went up from being in the 50s to 68, like TFL's career high seven. He was second. Uh, He's all pro second team. He's a pro bowler. I mean, I, I think it's Dexter Lawrence. I agree with you, Um, but it was not as it was. It was closer than I thought it was. At least I I agree with you. Like he's my first pick. Like if we're drafting defensive tackles for this team, like he's definitely the first one that I want on the group. Um, But I thought that the gap between him and my second choice, and even like kind of my first player out, was Hmm. you know slimmer than I anticipated going into this. Um, Dexter Lawrence is awesome. I think there's an argument that he's the best player on the Giants. Um, we I've, also we haven't mentioned this at this point in the episode, but it's worth mentioning just very quickly uh, that Monday's franchise tag deadline passed. Um, this obviously impacts both the Giants and the Cowboys, uh, specifically at the running back position. Um, neither Saquon Barkley nor Tony Pollard got long term deals. Tony Pollard does or has already signed that franchise tag, so he's obviously playing for the Cowboys, but Saquon hasn't. There was a lot of discourse from running backs across the NFL um, in the aftermath of all this. So I don't know that I believe Saquon will hold out, but that is a factor, obviously, um, heading into the season. But even then, like, Lawrence might be the best player on the team, right? Like, there's a strong case for that. And who else would it be? Who are you taking over him? 
as Bear chimes in. Um, Bear doesn't like that answer. I mean, am I forgetting anyone? Like, you're not going to take Daniel Jones over him. Some people would probably say Saquon, but no, especially when you're considering positional value in there. Um, I don't know who else it would be. I mean, that's Darren what I'm Waller, saying. Like, if Darren Waller is like actual, like in his prime, Darren Waller, then you have a conversation there. But that's it, not like it depends how you how you like guarantee really answer the question. Like, do you define best as like the the player you would most want, or do you find best as relative to their positions across the NFL? Like, is Dexter Lawrence a better defensive tackle than Saquon is a running back? Um, because if that's the question, then Darren Waller does have a chance because like. The, the door for like being the third or fourth best tight end is much more wide open than it is for Lawrence or Barkley to climb their respective positions. You know what I'm saying? Last thing I want to say about uh, Lawrence, who is nicknamed as Sexy Dexy on Pro Football Reference, can- canonical nickname. Uh, it's crazy how, like, I talked about the run stuffer thing. He's 6'4, 320, or sorry, 6'4, 342. That's pretty crazy for a dude that big to be getting seven and a half sacks. Like, that's that's another reason why. I'm taking him here. It's like, that's like a special kind of profile that you have. A guy who's that big who's able to get pass rush um, production is that's not just a given. The other guy, I, I think, has to be. I've, I've talked about how I think he could take a step back this let year. Me go, let me go first, please. Okay. So, um, so Dexter Lawrence is number one for me. I think we agree. The second choice is Deron Payne. I think you have to based right. on the season he just had. Right. So, um, so you mentioned Pro Football Reference. Their approximate value. Um, has Dexter Lawrence as a 13 for last mm-hmm. year, and Deron Payne also as a 13. But Jonathan yeah. Allen was a 12. I, I I think Jonathan Allen is much closer to this than I really thought. Like he was my first guy out, um, and we've like known that forever. Like that's kind of like Washington's thing or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, the 11 and a half sacks for Deron Payne last year. Like he he had a loud season. Like, you know, like I think he earned the spot yeah. this year. But like I agree with you. Like I I would not be shocked if a year from now. Um, if, if like, it's one of the Washington defensive tackles, if Jonathan Allen leapfrogs him again, I know you don't like Jonathan Allen, but like, it's, no, it's closer that's than not we true think. at all. I, I think I, it was tough for me in terms of like, am I, am I not giving enough credit to Jonathan Allen? I think you could argue Jonathan Allen's body of work, you know, is better than what Deron Payne has, um, put forth. Um, whereas Deron Payne's more of a, you know, it could be more of a flash in the pan one year thing. And we're rewarding him based on that and not so much the body of work. Um, so I do wonder about that, but I think, you know, he had 11 and a half sacks. I think you can't just sneeze at that. I think you have to give him credit for that. Give me one second. Keep going. You got this. Um, so, you know, obviously it's not Fletcher Cox, you know, Dylan Carter has potential, but isn't by no means a proven thing. He could, he could conceivably be here next year if things go really right this year, but that's also a big, um, a lot to prove there. RJ's not here, by the way, for the audio list or yeah, audio listeners, but now he's back. Um Cowboys certainly not in this mix. I oh my mean, gosh. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought we just gonna be mean. Yeah, I mean, maybe Mozzie Smith like shows up, you know, that would be like their fast. Although I do think Osa Odigizu is an underrated player, but that's a different conversation. He was my underrated player, but yeah, he's right. not on this ilk um, yet. He has a lot to he has to make a big jump in year what this will be year three for him so, to yeah, kind of year get three. in that. Um, I did. I didn't want to bring this up. So, like, we were like, "Oh, Lawrence is like easily number one." And I'm like, "This isn't all." I know, I know, but this isn't like all about sack numbers. But Jonathan Allen had as many sacks as him. They both had seven and a half. You know what I mean? And again, they were they're just they're closer than we think. Like, this is a closer than it feels sort of position, or at least you know discussion for these two players or three players. 
But yeah, I agree. Of the three, I'd rather have Lawrence and Payne. But again, the, the thing about the profile, though, like the sacks at Dexter Lawrence's size, I think is just so much more impressive. And again, sure. the, 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 I think the quarterback hits were also higher and uh, much higher in Lawrence's favor as well. So, okay. Uh, defensive line is Micah Parsons, Hassan Reddick, Dexter Lawrence, Jerron Payne. Done. Yeah. Pretty um, good defensive line. Yeah. I mean, hard to be upset about. Um, so, and every team is represented. Of the first four, we have yep. one from each and every single team. How cool is that? Um, okay, so linebacker is up next. Um, I think the first choice is actually really obvious. I, I don't know. I may, maybe I'm biased, but I do think it's Leighton Vanderish. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great division for linebackers. I mean, right. do you and and to and sorry, you, but you brought this up in the chat. Like we're we're like at off ball linebackers at this point. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Off ball like, linebackers, right? And that's what I'm saying. Like Leighton is like the vintage version of that. You know what I'm saying? And he had a really great season last year. Like I think he is easily the number one choice here. Like the least debatable one. There is a, a slight debate after this, but he was awesome. Like he was awesome at defending the run mm-hmm. last year. He got hurt, and the run, you know, support really kind of you know regressed for the Cowboys. And then he returned and things stabilized. It was a big deal. They were able to bring him back. Um, he's really kind of shed. I know I just said he got hurt, but he shedded that label that he couldn't stay healthy. Um, really, ever since the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons, Slayton has mm-hmm. kind of been the pinnacle of health, save for that little stretch last year. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's a pro bowler, right? I mean, he literally hasn't been since his rookie year. But uh, above average starter, a linebacker, which there really aren't many of those, if any others, in this division. So certainly he gets the nod. Um, Eagles don't have anyone that would qualify. Eagles might have, like, the worst start, <laughs> the worst linebacker core, at least one of them in the NFL, uh, depending on what becomes of N'Kobe Dean. And my guy, Christian Ellis. And then uh, Commanders, I mean, so Damon Davis has been, like, disappointing. Who else do they really have? He's the only – my second spot is down to two contenders, and Davis is one of them. Um, and my other, I guess we're at this point in the conversation, is Bobby Okariki. I know yep. you're not fond of him, uh, but, like, it's down to the two well, of them. Relative to the division, I, I am fond of him. <laughs> well, so um, Davis had three sacks last year, which is impressive. I mean – you know, as an off-ball linebacker, or whatever, um, had way fewer tackles than Okariki. Mm-hmm. Um, Okariki forced a few fumbles. Um, you know, so depending how much more stock you place in that, um, I'm inclined to lean Okariki. Um, yeah. So that's my personal pick. Um, even though I, mean, I think, you know, th- again, kind of a, a thin sort of argument. Zero career forced fumbles and zero career interceptions for Jamin Davis. Like I need, I I know that's a simple way to put it, but I really need some kind of playmaking for my linebackers. Yeah. And just to have none is it, it's a non-starter for me. I agree. Okay, so that was pretty simple. Uh, so linebackers, Leighton Vanderesh, Bobby Okariki, and I feel wrong because it violates my adding a new player thing. I really don't like that. It's not a real rule. Everyone in the comments is also like, why is this a rule? I know. I mean, I will say I'm kind of walking it back a little bit. Like I, I feel less passionate about it, but I feel obligated to defend it because I said it at one point in time. Have you um, been playing the NFL uh, crossover grid at all, by the way? I didn't know it was uh, a th- like out. I know that I mean we've mentioned pro football reference. I know pro baseball reference um, like supports the baseball one. Um, I mean, it's but, just baseball reference or, or whatever. But either way, um, like it's supported by the reference company. I don't think the football one is. I've never seen this, so you can send me the yes, link and I'll, I'll do it. I mean the baseball, but there's a couple ones. There's like it's like NFL crossover grade. I think if you Google that, been doing uh, that one, and it's also this like is, Dynasty Daddy. There's this, one. This is like when Wordle well. came out, and then like a million spawns of it um, happened, and it was like 
like audio versions. The, it's fun. I, like I in the NFL one. I can't do the baseball one. Like that's too. Yeah, it's, it's I, too I don't difficult. Know baseball. As he I, said, while I wearing say, a Phillies jersey and hat. But I, I legitimately <laughs> don't know like other teams. Right. Like I know I some Phillies stuff, but I can't get like like I don't know who's on the Mariners. Like in the and the the Mariners and the Guardians. Like ugh, I have no idea. I can't tell you. By the way, um, we went to a Padres game when we were in San Diego. Super awesome. Like very different um, vibe <laughs> from Minute Maid Park. Like super kind of progressive and modern ballpark it's amazing food options gas like, stadium or it was the, petco park petco park it's in the gas lamp district um actually and actually um i should mention this so it was a they'd had a giveaway which was at the end of the game which i don't like you shouldn't force people to stay i mean i get it but you know you should do when people are walking give away at the end yeah, it's like you should give that's, people, that's what I'm saying. You should give people the thing when they're walking into your stadium, not like make them stay till the end of the game, whatever. But you know, it's especially fine. baseball. Yeah. Um, but so it was a kids giveaway, which again, super cool. But like, there's a also, lot of even less sense. Kids well, can't last the whole game. Yeah, but that's I mean, whatever. So it was a, a little mug, like a little co- like kind of coffee cup, and um, it had a bear on it, which was cool because you know our dog. Uh, and the bear was wearing like a Padres uniform. And so I was pushing uh, my son out the game in the stroller and he handed me a box and I, I wore a Cowboys t-shirt to the game. It said America's team. It's Cowboys are America's team. And, um, and the guy gave me another one. He said, and here's another one for the Cowboys. So that was kind of cool. So, <laughs> so we walked away with two cups. Uh, that was uh, unexpected. So shout so out to the Padres. Three or four from the Padres, including uh, sweeping a double header. So there you yeah. go. Um, so, uh, cornerbacks, uh, is where, I think we should do corners before safeties. I don't know. Well, are we going to take a break here? Um, okay. Let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called the future of work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts welcome back we were gone for how long Brandon? three hours Here's a really good pro tip for you. Mm. Do you have a Costco membership? I do. do you have Costco down there? Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know where it is. Uh, Costco membership. Get in there. I don't have one. I went to Costco on Friday as we're going down to the bay. So, as I mentioned Myrtle earlier. Beach in Montana or wherever it was, right? No. Uh, Betterton in Maryland on Costco. the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, I was going down with our, our good friend and friend of the show here, Holden, mm. who does Holden. have Astros beat the Phillies in the World Series. Just who so you know. doesn't care? Who does have? He literally just like could not care less. Uh, has a Costco membership, and this to me is a life changing thing that everyone needs to get in on. And Costco, is, you, you know, you know what Costco was? Hold on, it is to get no. Their, hold in is his name, not hold. Yeah, on. That's his name. <laughs> hold on, is um the mac and cheese they have the one that's like uh, yeah you bake it. Yeah, you just bake, you put it in the oven. It's basically almost prepped. And then what you need to do with that is get, and I don't know, you know, I'm I'm sure they're not all set up like this, but the way this one was set up was like the mac and cheese was across like the aisle kind of from the section where they had a ton of dips, you know, like basically like like any kind of like tzatziki and salsa and like just a whole array of dips, including buffalo chicken dip. And let me tell you, you take that mac and cheese, you put some on your plate, or if you have it in the tray, whatever, 
you mix it with that buffalo chicken dip, oh, it's a great time. I um I don't really like buffalo sauce all that oh, much, so this wouldn't it, this wouldn't be for, well. I'm happy that you explained the tip for everybody else, but like that's a, a bit of a miss for me. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, on the subject of the um of, of buffalo dip, I guess, um, and obviously buffalo wings, um, I'm super excited. I know you did the hot ones challenge. I'm super excited to watch the Harry Kane episode. I, I did it, it again. Oh I my did it on Saturday <laughs> night because we did it with the group at the uh, at the house, and um, only three people made it. Shout out to Holden and the aforementioned Holden and Jess for making it through. Um, and there were some reactions <laughs> for sure <laughs> on people on um, their minds. I mean, well, the bomb, obviously. Um, Dude, the bomb. I said it before, but it really does suck. Like it just uh, it just punches you in the face, and it sucks. On the subject of all this, um, so I had never seen the Paul Rudd episode until recently. What? Um, well, what I know. I mean, I understand it, but like, it just like it was a, it was a, it was a bit of a like a pop culture like you know hole in my sort of arsenal. It's probably but the finally... biggest meme from Hot Ones, or at least one of them. Right, 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 right. The like, look at us. But I went and watched it, and like that dude was like respect to paul rudd man <laughs> like he was like and also the idea of cauliflower wings like i get it if you're not eating meat but like man that just like because it also like allowed him to like eat it like a whole like nugget it was just really i was really exhausted for paul that's rudd. easier i think the nugget form as opposed to nibbling and getting like the heat on your lips and also touching it if you if you have that's a fork you know, yeah you can do it you can use the fork and the nugget or the boneless it's still painful don't get me wrong because i did both i did the first time i did the bone in because i feel like you have to to like officially beat the, you know that's like 100 percenting a game like you have to do the bone in if you're gonna 100 if you're gonna fully complete it but i did the boneless the second time because like i didn't need to prove again that i could do it i wanted to make it a little bit easier and it was a little bit easier but it, you know by the end it was still um i still needed the ice cream i still needed the milk um good for you okay so uh doing corners first right then safeties uh um, never cut corners here Mm. so we're doing three corners as we said at the top and i don't know if we want to do like i mean i know we did this to like receiver a little bit but like i'm 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 personally finally just kind of picking the best corners as opposed to like because like who's the best like slot corner in the end in the Mm -hmm. nfc east you know what i mean like it was tough it's a valuable position but like if if we're ranking the slot corners then i think we're leaving off a really good one you know what i'm saying like that's what I'd rather just take the three best, and I feel better about that uh, as opposed to like, well, let's take the two best outside corners and leave off a good one in the name of having a slot corner on this team. I agree, unless like there's just overwhelming evidence they can't play in the slot for some reason. Um, someone has to theoretically at least have d- displayed or is just so good that they you could like project that. Like for example, um, Razul Douglas here in Philly. Like I don't think he would have made the list, but he he was clearly this big guy who was not a slot corner. Could could not change direction inside. So like you know, if you're putting him in there in that scenario, that wouldn't really make any sense to me. But let's talk this through. Who do you have first? Do you want my? Why don't like this isn't like a ranking, but my first name was Trayvon Diggs. Like that was the first name I wrote down. Of course it is. Well, I mean, uh, duh. Like, do you know what my job is? Like, so that was my like. Is he not on your list? Is he not among your three? Like again, I do. This but I was also trying to be fair. Well, I mean, so if we're trying to be fair, but you I don't think know, he's the so, best quarterback in the division. I think so. I think wow, he's wrong. I, I think he's a top three corner in the NFL. I think he's the best in the division. I think, I think the second best is probably James Bradbury, who's on my list as well. Obviously, um, now I'm going to say I don't have Darius Slay on my list, and that's wow. because you have slandered him so much that you you have ruined. I don't, not that I had a, a promising one, but like you have impacted my opinion of him. 
And so, like, that's like, I don't think we can have in good faith for, to the mixed team. I don't think we can have Darius Slay because he's been so destroyed here. And you've gone on many times about how his interceptions that he has had are against all these trash quarterbacks. Sure. Like, I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it would be genuine to have Darius Slayer. So, my top two players I'm placing on the outside, if I have to, you know, kind of rank it that way, are Trayvon Diggs and James Bradbury. That's also who I had, believe it or not. And I just want to note on Bradbury, he allowed the lowest passer rating in the NFL last year. And he did that despite seeing the six most targets of any cornerback, because even though I think Slay is a little overrated, not a bad player, but overrated, he does have respect from other teams, which says something. But it also, I think those they can be wrong sometimes. And they didn't always want to throw at Slay. And it didn't really work out for him. Because again, he, uh, Bradbury allowed the lowest passer rating. He had a ton of pass breakups. He had three interceptions, which is more... And I think he actually had four if you include the playoffs. That's more than Darius Slay's two, double. Darius Slay, or no, Slay had three, two, I guess. Yeah, he had three because he had two in the one game. Okay, still, Bradbury still had more when you include the playoffs. Um, so, and also, uh, Darius Slay was not second team all pro like James Bradbury was. The all pro voters, which is like kind of, you know, more prestigious, as we know, sure. than a pro bowl, like they recognize that Bradbury was the better player which is i think saying something so um yeah i'm good with james brad and also he's younger so for projecting this team and what they're going to do this season i think there's a, like there's a very good chance they might both fall off or one of them falls off and if i have to make that bet i'm rather i'm going with a slightly younger james bradbury i also would add to the bradbury discussion here um and you'll appreciate this the vibes right like of the two and i said this and like i don't mean to bring this up again but like I think it's super impressive that James Bradbury, and you can contextualize it how you want, but like as soon as the Super Bowl's over, it was holding. I held, I got caught, whatever. As opposed to the way like Darius, okay, but like generally, you get my, you get what I'm saying. Like he he took ownership. However, you want to like you know verbalize it, he took ownership versus Darius Slay, who's like everybody sucks, everybody's wrong, I'm right, you know, blah blah. Like he's had a lot more drama in his career than James Bradbury has. And so, like, again, the like the vibes, are, like, do you not gravitate more towards James Bradbury than Darius Slate? That's my point. I do. I think people people are getting on me for this. They're like, oh, BLG such a Slay hater recently. And I'm going to only add fuel to the fire there by pointing out recently Darius Slay tweeted, uh, he, he quote tweeted this uh, account that was like, would you rather have a Robert Ori type of career or a James Harden type of career, championships or money. And then the graphic shows um, Robert Ori pictured with his championship ring, seven of them. He only made only, quote unquote, only made 54 million. Or would you rather be like James Harden, make 300 million, but have zero rings? And Darius Lay tweeted, 300 million, uh, me, please, and thank you. So, like, look, I get it. Like, that's a lot of money. And I can't blame anyone for wanting 300 million in a vacuum. But also, like, it's also it seems so tone deaf to me like james harden right now out of like maybe all his career is perceived more than ever as a loser no one wants him like he was going to opt out of his contract and and hit free agency with the thought he was going to get a payday he didn't do that and he couldn't do that because there wasn't a market for him he had to opt back in which was not like the expected path for him and now he's demanding a trade out but no one like wants to give up anything for him and he's coming off of this playoff series where like he had a couple good games for sure but in game seven, didn't show up at all. Game six, didn't really show up a lot. Um, so like, okay, why are all right. you... Enough, enough with Harden. I, your point but, is made. But the point you're, is, you're... yeah, but the point is, like, why are you like comparing yourself to that player right now? <laughs> like, there's this, I, I, I don't mean, know, it seems like... I don't think he was comparing himself to, to the player, but like, it, I mean, I get your point. Yeah, but it's why would the, you... Why well, it's would like, the, like, oh, it's like I would be fan... like him. 
I mean, I agree with you. It's like the fan question of like, would you rather your team win one Super Bowl and suck for 20 years or like be a playoff team for 20 straight years and never win the Super Bowl? You know what I mean? Like, um, and I also don't think the question is fair because Robert, it's not like Robert Ori was like, you know, just hanging out. Like he was a big part of the, as a Spurs fan, you know what I mean? Like, like he had big moments. Like he had the best version of that kind of career that anybody. You don't make 54 but, million by being a scrub. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, um, but anyway, um, yeah. So Darius Slay, not a part of my list. On Trayvon, the other corner that's making the list, I, I think Trayvon is a, I don't know if you've like covered it this way, but like a great case study or example of what Slay or Bradbury could kind of experience in 2023, like the regression, so to speak. And we said this, like this was the only way regression showed up for the Cowboys last year. The argument was like, he he's not going to have 11 interceptions, which he did in 21. It was like, that's never going to happen. No way, no how um and he only had three i say only but i mean so since his rookie year in 2020 uh he has 17 total interceptions two that he has run back for touchdowns although both of them were in 2021 obviously back-to-back pro bowler which isn't as prestigious as being an all pro but he was a first team all pro in 2021 and i've said this many times he had way fewer interceptions last year than he did the year prior but he was a much better player and a much better cover corner the like the rap on him and his like all or not like aggressive or whatever that really subsided last year he was a much more physical player he had this great physical stop it was early in the season on jamar chase that really helped kind of win that game for the cowboys like he, he is evolving as a player and you talk about holdouts and things like that i am i'm a little on alert but for that of, of the contractual situations for the Cowboys, that's the one that is the the like most fire that they're playing with uh, because he's entering a contract year. And so we'll see what happens with camp starting and whatnot. And obviously Stefan Diggs uh, can get out of his contract in Buffalo next year. Like it makes sense for them to kind of position themselves together strongly. He obviously had a situation about a month ago, uh, but Trayvon Diggs is, you know, it's hard to be this way when you play for the Cowboys, but he's a kind of underrated player because so many people have latched onto that one narrative. Uh, who's the third corner? You're going to say Gilmore. So I looked at Gilmore against Slay because I wanted to be fair because he was a productive player last year and against our guy, Adoree Jackson. We've been really high on Adoree for a long time. It's not Adoree. Day. I like Adoree, but it's not him. No, well, I, I mean, he was the third guy. Like if I had to, you it's know, Slay I, or Gilmore, though, to be clear. So if we look at their seasons last year, do you know how many <laughs> interceptions? Do you have something break? No, it sounds like someone's just honking their horn oh. <laughs> very loudly outside, which is cool. Uh, so Slay had three interceptions last year. Do you know how many Gilmore had? Did you look? Do you have this in front of you? Um, I was going to say like two, and then yeah, yeah it is he had two. two. Um, he had fifty-three solo tackles to Slay's forty. So of a bit course, more of a physical teams were player. running more against sure. the Colts than they were against the Eagles because of the game script. Um, if we include vibes. Which is not totally fair. Gilmore is like a universally loved, great, you know, super amazing teammate. He's obviously not his defensive player of the year self. I, I do feel like this is kind of a coin flip, which is why the vibes, you know, because Slay has done a lot to kind of hinder his candidacy, as we just discussed. Um, so I'm, I'm fine if, if we agree that it's Slay, but there's definitely a strong case for Gilmore. Gilmore also violates my you have to be on the team last year rule. But again... We've already I think you have to make a concession at some point if I go with Gilmore here. I think you have to give me Landon Dickerson at left oh, guard if I'm, I'm saying it's Gilmore. Then I'm going to say it's Slay. 
I mean, I'm fine saying it's late. He was very productive last year. I mean, also like the age thing concerns me with Gilmore as a real point. The, so the thing I think working in Gilmore's favor is that I could think we could have him be our nickel cornerback because he kind of did some of that. I feel like didn't he when he yeah. was the defensive player of the year? He was like lining up everywhere. That's part of what made that campaign especially impressive. It wasn't like he was just like on the outside locking guys down. Like they were moving him all around, and he was like going up against like tight ends too, and like locking them down. So I do think you have the argument for that. Um, but he's also older, and that concerns me. Um, uh, so it's tough. I think it's a coin flip, but Darius Slay is a little bit younger. And for as much as I think he's overrated, I don't think he's a bad player. Um, and because you can't have Dickerson, I think, I think you can't have Tyler Smith over Dickerson and this, I think you have to give a concession at I, some point. This isn't a concession for me. Like, I think it's fair to involve Darius Slay. So I'm sorry that you don't All right, get then we'll the, go Slay. the little, okay. I'm sorry that you don't get the little joy that you wanted. Slay also, I will give him credit for, at least in the past, I don't, the Eagles haven't done this as much, but he has had a track record of shadowing guys. So he is also someone I think who can follow receivers around, including into the slot. I think if, if, if Slay just went about things a little bit differently, we would perceive him a lot differently. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it, hard to insist to be called big play Slay. That's that's me. literally what I was about to bring up because like, you, you brought that up before. Like, so, you know, and, and also and, be literally like the highest paid player on the team, or at least like highest cap number on the team. And then have zero interceptions. Like he, I think he just gets too much of a pass, man. Zero interceptions since week six when he picked off Cooper Rush. You just said he had to be ahead of Gilmore. I mean, I do. But I mean, so I, I think this is so far of the players we've picked, and we have two left. But of, of the nine we've picked, this is the the least stable Jenga piece to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I think like. You know, I would I would bet highly on at least Gilmore leapfrogging Slay if Gilmore's on the Cowboys next year, you know, or in oh, the division. But like what Slay, he he's the least stable piece to this tower for me, Darius Slays. But I mean, I, mean, I think he deserves because we've talked. This is an exercise that is heavily weighed upon what you did last year, and Darius mm-hmm. Slay was a very 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 good player last year. If you go by the um nfl insiders thing which espn has been putting out the rankings right, right, right. compiled by executive coaches scouts which is isn't gospel um but is worth looking at they actually have slay as the fifth best cornerback in the league they have trayvon Diggs down at eight there and then both um gilmore and james bradbury are in the also receiving vote section interesting that james bradbury wouldn't make at least like honorable mention um but it's I think a tough he- field though I think he gets like the like Robin rap, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and Slay gets the Batman one, and there's like the a Robin boost. rap, and also the Super Bowl like right, right, like um, being especially harshly punished for that because it was such a visible moment. I mentioned this, and also shout out to our friend Tim, the whiskey influencer, for this, um, who brought it up with the aforementioned Lena Dickerson, Tyler Smith argument, but uh, Pro Football References approximate value metric for last year. Um, so Adoree Jackson was a four and Gilmore was a five. Just again, like I think Adoree like was worth it was worth mentioning his name at least. Uh, but Slay was an eight. That's what I'm saying. Like it's really it's it's not hard if you're looking off of just last year. Now, if you are extrapolating and considering a lot of other extenuating circumstances and factors, the conversation becomes much larger for Gilmore. But this makes sense. Um, so we have two safeties, and I do want to say um, I talked about this to you or with you in Slack. There's an argument for like if you don't love Bobby Okereke or whatever. Um, and you want to have like the safety linebacker hybrid, like there's an argument for Jaron Curse in that role. I, I don't have Jaron Curse as one of my two safeties. That's the only way he would have made the team for me if we had, you know, done things like that. Like you talked about fielding the best possible group. I, I think that's a discussion, but fine, we didn't. Um, that being said, I do think the best safety is still a cowboy. I think it's Donovan Wilson. I think he has to be the first safety that we put on the team. I'm looking at the um 
NFL insider rankings for offensive linemen. And interesting, I don't see Tyler Smith's name anywhere oh here gosh. for either tackle Let or go, guard. Seriously. Rent free. Rent free. In guard. So that's just worth mentioning. The safety thing is really tough for me. I, I don't think there's a very, like, you know. I have three I, names I just, that, that were at the very top of my list. So I had to pick two of them. And I don't know if the if your two are from here, but it was Donovan Wilson, who was easily I didn't the have best. Donovan Wilson on, but like that's a name that you would have so much more, you know. Like I don't think anyone else is paying attention to him outside okay. of the people who my my other two I imagine were in consideration for you, Cameron Curl. Again, if we're if Ooh. we're throwing out names for consideration and Xavier McKinney, those are my three names that I kind of like debated. Philly has nobody that's in the mix here, and I mean, uh, Malik, I mean. No, they, they don't this year, but Reed Blankenship's player watch. He was the 10th highest. Okay, but safety. that's not the conversation that we're having here. This isn't like a projecting into the future. This is based like off of current players, what we know, et cetera, et cetera. Don- so of these three, Donovan Wilson has the highest AV. He actually has the best like statistics all the way around of all three. He played what is most- his AV? It's six compared to Cameron yeah. Curl's four and Xavier McKinney's three. Now, McKinney, what made it hard for me, and I'm fine putting him on because I think he's a better player than Curl, but he only played in nine games last year. You know what I mean? So like, and that's tough to kind of like feel great about. But again, there's not a lot of options yeah. here. Yeah, um, I don't think we can go McKinney because of that. I do agree that like, because that's that's a that's significant. I think it's also for that. Also, Wilson is a weapon. Like it, we haven't added the coaching staff yet, but I I would presume that Dan Quinn's going to be the defensive coordinator of this group, and Dan Quinn has really unlocked him, and is a big reason why Wilson also got a new contract from the Cowboys this offseason. He had five sacks last year. Five. Like, I mean, yeah. he's a playmaker, you know, with the way his coordinator uses him. He had two forced fumbles. You know what I mean? Like, he is making an impact on deep. Like, that's what I'm saying. He has to be the first player that we add here. So the Cam Curl thing is interesting. He was actually PFF's second highest graded overall safety last year, which is a little surprising to me, especially when you remember how I talked about earlier with um, Jamin Davis that like the zero interceptions and zero forced fumble thing in his career, it's kind of tough for me. Well, Cam Curl has zero interceptions and zero force fumble in his last 28 games. So you're not really getting like playmaking out of him, which isn't everything. I think there's something to be said for being in the right position and not allowing big plays, which seems to be the case for him. But like, it's just tough for me. And here's a player you didn't even mention and was under, it was in my most underrated players when we did that episode last month. Like Derek Forrest could be in the mix here. I mean, he had four picks last year, two forced fumbles. He allowed just a 75.4 pass rating when targeted. He only missed three tackles relative to making 88. That's, like, really good. So he's a good tackler. And you cited approximate value, right? What did you say Donovan Wilson's was? It's a six, and he's a five, to your point. Yeah. So he's he's the second highest. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and if we look at it, and if we look at it, I have a tough time going forest over curl. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me. Well... I mean, you might just have to do it. If we if we lean things out too, so Forrest played all 17 games last year. Curl yeah. only played 12, um, but in that same time, uh, Curl had more solo tackles um, and almost as everything. many tackles overall. He had way more tackles for loss. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Curl might be the better player, but like, but Forrest has the better resume from last year mm. i still think it's curl i mean personally and he's been he's got like a, a a longer it's not a long one but he's got a longer track record of being like a you know underrated good kind of you know not talked about enough sort of player do we want to kick okariki out and put both curl and forest and wilson in because can't wilson play a little bit of linebacker no that's what i'm saying if we're doing that then i want to put mm. jaron Curson. 
I mean, like that's that's the the real like safety I want playing linebacker, not one of mm. these two dudes. So if you want to kick Okariki out and put Kirsten, I'm all down for that. But um, I guess but. I think we'll just have to disrespect Forrest and, and say it's not him because I just I think it, well, I just think it's tough to be like yeah it's Forrest it's not Curl. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't think it's a slam dunk to be clear, but I do think the answer is Cameron Curl. Um, and so I mean it's close, but like you, you can only have two safeties here. That's the way we designed this thing. So um yeah and reed blankenship just isn't there not reed blankenship goodness Christ. um man uh i don't know why i always uh, no I, who's the kicker that i'm thinking of rodrigo blankenship right oh i guess yeah, i don't so, know i have no are idea they re- are they related no are you serious is that his name yes man, that's su- there's such a unique last name have you ever heard that they last look name a lot of like <laughs> i know but i'm just saying like that is uh a really this is actually a Google thing. Um, I mean, isn't um, Rodrigo Brankenship, um, um, what's his background? Yeah, he's Brazilian. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying like. Reed Blankenship is like, uh, he's not Brazilian. I don't think, I don't, no, don't want to make assumptions, look, but I don't think he's you, Brazilian. If you look at their profile pictures, like they're just like general ones. Like, they, I mean, if you told me they were cousins, I, I would not be shocked. I mean, that's all I'm saying. But uh, Maybe through marriage, but not... um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so we agree it's Donovan Wilson and Cam Curl. Um, are you ready for the totals? So yeah, our team, um, defensive line, Micah Parsons, Hassan Reddick, Dexter Lawrence, Jerron Payne, linebackers, Leighton Vanderesh, Bobby Okariki, corners, Trayvon Diggs, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, safeties, Donovan Wilson and Cam Curl. The Cowboys lead the way with four players. The Eagles have three. Both the Giants and Commanders each have two. Okay, so a little bit closer, right, than the offense, because the offense was at, what did I have that at? I forgot already. I had, I, well, you messed it up by shoehorning, um, wait, this by is, being oh, accurate and correct. And Wait, actually have it here. Sorry, I was looking at a further, a further back version that I had to compare. I'm pulling it up right now. Here we go. We actually have, I think we had Eagles 5, Cowboys 3, Giants 2, Commanders 1. So overall... So- the Eagles still have the most with eight total. Cowboys have seven. The Giants have four, and the Commanders have three. If we're talking offense, we, we haven't done defense. specialists yet. I mean, let's hold yeah, off. I mean, that's um, not evenly weighted, though. <laughs> that's not like it's not the same as do, offense and defense. When we do yeah. specialists, we're going to do what? Kicker, punter, and returner. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we don't we don't need to do a long snapper. No offense. You know. I think it's just punt returner. I don't think we're going to do because kick returns don't really exist. I think, well, that's a, just re- general returner. Like call it what you want. But like if you know, what I'm but saying, I think you got to pick one return punt return because, again, there's, that's fine. Kickoffs are becoming extinct. That's fine. Our punt returner who can also field kickoffs. So um, okay. ones. some teams have different ones. It's a different. Skill set. Um, OK, so that is our all NFC East defensive team. Congratulations to all of the players. What will they be receiving in the mail as a method of congratulations, Brandon? Mm. I don't know. Uh, the answer that you're looking for is a link to the NFC East mixtape playlist, which is something mm. that we curate each and every single week. You, myself, Rachel, we all add a song to our growing playlist um the time has come to do that rachel responsibly submitted her song already um let me find it here because i want to read exactly what she said um she said um yeah she said with the barbie movie coming out on friday it's only right that i choose barbie world by Nicki minaj and ice spice nice yeah good pick by rachel as always 
You're going to see was it just in Cancun, by the way. Shout out to she Rachel. was Ra- Rachel is a world traveler. Um, are you going to see the Barbie movie? I guess Rachel is I'm not a big movie guy. You know that they're too long. Are you going to see Oppenheimer Oppenheimer? I mean, maybe like eventually, but I have no plans mm-hmm. to rush to see it. The only thing I really have time for, because I feel like I need to keep up with it. because I like the um, continuity of it all. And my completionist is the Marvel stuff because I feel mm-hmm. like I have to. I'm in too right. deep that I can't just give up at this point. Right. I'm in too deep. The faster we're falling, we're stopping and starting. We're running in circles again. It would be my song wow, if, just uh, got, um, D- if this was a DCMA. What's the term? It, it would be my song if this was American Pie. Uh, you know what I mean? Because that's like the song that's in every single American Pie movie. Uh, but that's not my song. Um, do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? What do you want? You can go first. So we recorded last week's uh, episode very early. Thanks to you. Um, you were very kind um, in um, you know adjusting to me. Um, and we recorded it before the uh, recent re-release of Taylor Swift's album, Speak Now. Um, now, here's the thing. I am picking a song from the album, the re-release version, so Taylor's mm-hmm. version. Um, music is, we, we've kind of talked about this before, music is so powerful with how it can transform you like, or, or, and transport you. You know what I mean? Like, you, like a song can transport you to a different time in your life and immediately make you feel like different emotions and things that you were experiencing then. And I think that's really unique about the Taylor Swift We Release stuff. Um, so this album, Speak Now, I saw this um, this tour with my friends at Minute Maid Park, actually, the aforementioned uh, in Houston. And it was when I was in college. Like, it was just like, so when when I was re-listening to it, it just took me back to all those times. It was so, I hadn't been, like, transported by music um, like that in a very long time. So I am picking, uh, not Speak Now, I'm picking Sparks Fly, Hmm. Taylor's version by Taylor Swift. Do you like Gold Rush by Taylor Swift? What? Do you like that song, Gold Rush? What are you talking about? Isn't that a song by her? Um, I don't think so. Is that one of the new ones on the? Because I haven't listened to the whole. I just listened to the old the third song stuff. on her ninth studio album, Evermore. I oh, I'm not a big fan of the like most recent albums. Like those haven't hmm. hit me the way like the 2010 to like 2000. 14, 15 albums did. A lyric in that song, quote, with my Eagles t-shirt hanging from the door, which mm. she confirmed is a Philadelphia Eagles t-shirt. So you're a big Philadelphia Eagles supporter fan, basically, is what you're saying. All right. Anyway, um, okay. So what do you got? My pick is a little off the radar, off the grid. Sometimes I like to listen to some instrumental music. And mm. I'm going to go with, and I think this is our first instrumental only song on the playlist. Yeah. I'm going to go with L1011. That's the name of the band. 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 E-E-L space T-E-N space 11. You're going to have to slack me this. I'll send this to you. L1011. Three different words. And the song is called My Only Swerving. And it's a good, I feel like, driving song. Especially Mm. more so. Not like a highway driving song. More like you're cruising around the neighborhood. Maybe going to the grocery store or something. Uh, It could be like a night driving song coming back from, I don't know somewhere dinner or whatever it's a little uh groovy song that i think is fun so give it a chance give it a listen okay. the whole album is really good the whole album that that song is from but uh, it's actually the first song that kicks off the album so if you like it listen to the whole thing but uh just that song to start um great call on getting a wordless song um instrumentals always slap um my favorite one actually um is from pirates of the caribbean it's the pirates of the caribbean theme song which you would think like the fact that i like it would mean i wouldn't be scared on the ride but you know can't conquer that fear for whatever reason so yeah now we're getting dmca'd for everything like do we just want to sing barbie world too um okay 
Um, I thought it's when funny I... because when I was hanging out with Holden and Elizabeth this weekend, they started saying the the mixtape intro, and at first it took me a second because I don't listen to you know I don't always listen mm. back to the intro. Sometimes I listen to parts of the show, but I don't like listen to it from beginning to end. Um, so it's funny when I'm hearing that because I'm like, wait, what is that? Why does it sound familiar? Um, I guess. I mean, that really isn't that funny to me. But um, I like it. I, I was gonna say when I was reading Rachelle's message and she said like, with the movie coming out, I thought she was gonna pick Barbie Girl, not Barbie World. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Dude, seriously, like, are you just like, you know, you just want the episode to die? Like, is that what I mean, that doing? was within like what? It's like five seconds. There's a certain amount of time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For use. Um. Okay. Wow. Let's chunk deuces. As we leave, Brandon, tell us your three, we talked about buffalo dip, three favorite dips um, in that, order. That Asc- aren't buffalo chicken dip? Yeah, ascending order that aren't buffalo chicken dip. Ascending order. One. So three, two, three, two, order, one. So like, but, mean, but buffalo chicken dip is excluded from this conversation. Ascending order, so you mean like least favorite of the three that I right, like? Right, right, right. Three, okay. two, one. Right. Man, there's a lot of dips out there to think about. I'm going to start with maybe like a French, like a, like that, an onion dip, but you know, the ones that you would dip, mm-hmm. like just plain, like Lay's chips into little, little packets know. into the, into the sour cream, mix it up. Right. Um, That's really good. You can go to town on that. Number two, I'm going to say pizza dip. I make a, pe- a good pizza dip. Picks um, are your line. Huh? Picks are your line. When you, you see pictures of this, when it picks or your line, oh, when you see okay. pictures. Sorry. I thought you were saying like one word. I couldn't understand. I don't know if I have any pictures, but uh, I think I do post that. Number one, mm, a lot of pressure here. Um, does a sauce count? No. Unless mm. it's in a shape, like a like a dipping container. I, got, I just want to, this place, like, you know, I got a jar of, you could use it as a dip if you really wanted to. I'm counting it. It's like this truffle aioli. I'm counting that. You could dip, like, you could dip um, crackers or chips into that. I've said this before. Um I don't like how wing places serve their dips or like whether it's ranch or blue cheese, whatever you want, even ketchup, I guess, um, whatever you're going to dip your wing into. I don't like how they serve them in round containers that this is a very passionate stance of mine because you can't get it all in. You certainly can get the flats in, you know, like maybe for the drums, you can get like the, you know, the heavy part of it. But like what we need are rectangular containers so we can kind of like, you know, like, like twist it through so we can get the whole wing, you know, dipped out. That's something that will revolutionize the world all right we're done say we're done again we're done again <laughs>